Hello and welcome to Football Twaddle. My name is Saru and as always, Yash is with us. Yash, what's up? Hey man, all good. How was your holiday, Yash? You seem to have not seen any games. You have that vibe about you today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did manage to watch Manchester United because they were very conveniently playing after Sunday. Oh, Indian time that is. All right. And we also have our dear friend who makes a lot of predictions. Some of them come true and then he never fails to remind us of all those predictions which have come true. Manav, Madan, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone. Manav, <laughs> for those of you who don't know. All right. So, I wanted to talk about a very serious relegation battle between Newcastle and Fulham. But I, while researching for the episode, I have come across some very interesting bit of research which I would like to discuss with you guys. So, Fulham manager Scott Parker has been voted the best-looking manager in Premier League by an online casino called Stashbird, right? So, guys, first of all, before we get into more details, is Scott Parker the most handsome Premier League manager currently? That is, that is so difficult to judge with so many good-looking managers. Huh, Roy so- Hodgson, for example. Now that you mentioned Roy Hudson, I am obligated to say that he was voted the 20th best good-looking manager of Premier League right now. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I, I don't think I should count your opinion is, on this. Yeah. So, my question is, uh, did they consider Lampard or Tuchel? Tuchel. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is this is a recent one. So, Thomas Tuchel has been voted second best, most good-looking and really? third is, yes, so the top four in this, guys, are Fulham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. <laughs> so, these are the top four in the good-looking manager ranks. Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, Jose, I can understand, right? I've been in love with the guy for like 18 years. So, there ha- he has to look good <laughs> for me. <laughs> but Mikel Arteta, why? why? <laughs> like, are people falling for all sorts of revolutionaries now? <laughs> They like their sleeky guys, no? Oh, sleeky. Sleeky with sleeky <laughs> hair and stuff. And sleeky football. <laughs> and Manav, Yash's favourite manager, Sam Allardyce, is 19th in the list. And Ole Gunnar Selshair comes a cool mid-table 10th. So, everyone finds their level somehow. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> But dude, this was such an interesting thing. Like, you know, like I thought some of the... Like, Carlo Ancelotti is 15th. Like, in what world is Carlo Ancelotti bad looking? Like, they're... What? 14, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're 14th more good looking. Don Carlo has to be much higher. Dude, this is just crazy. We should have our own rankings and ratings even for this now. Anyway, getting back to football. <laughs> uh, Manav, do you think Steve Bruce is going to get relegated? I don't know. I really think that Southampton is going to give them a tough competition because we are looking at a dip in form for Newcastle and they find themselves on 17th. But if we look at the recent form of Southampton, I think they should be more worried, honestly. I think they've lost five out of their last six matches or something like that. So I think so if, if you're looking at a free fall, then yeah, no, no, but Southampton are like 15th or something <laughs> on the table right now. Oh, okay. I'd be more worried uh, the, for uh, Southampton, frankly. Than, than Newcastle? Than Newcastle, no. But I, I'm just trying to say that Southampton might also find themselves in the mix for relegation. Alright. Yes, here's the argument against Steve Bruce, right? Sheffield United's first win this Premier League season was against 
Newcastle United. Right. Timo Werner scored his first goal after 8,000 minutes against Newcastle. <laughs> right? So Newcastle is slowly turning out to be yeah. like the Indian cricket team of 90s. Jisko bhi record banana hai ya kuch todna hai. They just go play Newcastle <laughs> and something will happen. <laughs> so, and the Newcastle oh, man, fans... That, that, would, that would make Callum Wilson Sachin Tendulkar dude. <laughs> he probably is dude. You yeah. never know. For Newcastle <laughs> fans, he is. You know, if he goes to like yeah. a Reebok showroom, they'll like hound him. Please, don't leave us. <laughs> <laughs> and they they're like begging but the thing i i was just going through a few newcastle fan things on twitter they are pissed off with steve bruce for him right. so optimistic right they're like we lose like 3-0 and we come and he says everything is fine there is no problem at all and they genuinely seem pissed off at steve bruce and i was listening to the true jordy podcast and he's like if you look at all the managers who managed 300 premier league games Overall, the worst <laughs> record is Steve Bruce <laughs> among all the oh. Premier League managers who managed 300 games. So he's like he's not been fit to be a manager, and if Steve Bruce is a human being <laughs> who has feelings for any other human, he should just resign and go. So I didn't I didn't know there was such hatred against Steve Bruce. Why do you think that is? Well, that's obviously because he's a former Sunderland manager and he did a reasonable reasonable job at Sunderland and. Plus, I mean, the results speak for themselves, man. I mean, Newcastle have been in a free fall. They had a bit of a bounce at the beginning of the year when Wilson was scoring all those goals. Now that he's not around, they rely on the individual brilliance of uh, Saint Maximin, and like we saw on this weekend, he was the one who scored. But I mean, I was never worried when we were playing Newcastle. It just they, they seem like such a disjointed, listless team. But actually, I would say Newcastle <laughs> yeah. had a really good first half. Wow! See, we have we have our own Steve Bruce. Yeah, but I was not yeah, worried. That's I, what I'm saying. Despite no, I'm just saying from football point of view, they had a really good first half. In fact, the Rashford goal so was against the flow of the game. <laughs> Dude, I didn't watch the game, but I saw Steve Bruce post-match interview, and this is what he told Mano. He said that till Joe Linton's substitution we were in the game that substitution changed it all is that even true <laughs> it seems so hard to believe whatever he says so was that true so sarunya i would like to take you back to the reverse fact fixture actually if you remember united and newcastle when they played at st james's park in the early half of the season it was 1-1 till about 85 minutes or so and united scored like three goals even aran van bissaka scored And United ended up winning four mm. one. That was also a tough contest till the fifty fifth, sixtieth minute, or maybe say fiftieth minute. This game also was looking like a very, very tight contest. But I, yes, said you always knew that United have better players. The uh, so one difference was there were not uh, many players on the bench. They could come and like make a difference for United because there was no Cavani, no Van der Beek, no Pogba, no McTominay. All, all of these were like not even in the match day squad. You, you talk about Van der Beek like Ole gives him more time. <laughs> When the matches you're drawing or losing, he gets him on in 88th minute. So don't at least bring what do they call him in that alternate MUFC Van der Bench. <laughs> don't talk about Van der Bench, man. Acha. So yeah, not so talking about saying, yeah, Newcastle had a really good first half in this match. Is what I'm trying. All right. Yes, talking of Fulham. So, in right now, as we stand, <clears throat> do you think the best-looking manager, a future Chelsea legend, reg- legendary manager, is going to avoid relegation with Fulham, or will Callum Wilson just save the day for Newcastle? Uh, 
there are there i i just think there are worse teams than fulham man. i mean some the fulham seem to have found something i uh, this fellow brings on some guy called maja which i don't understand i mean i never heard of and, and, uh, i mean the, the 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 headline was right there in hindi maja he scored the pull pull fulham out i there, there's just something to scott parker i, I don't think he's a top door manager but this season there there's something happening at tottenham so he's going to get them out i I'm not sure who is is going to replace them in the bottom three, but yeah, I mean they 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 are something else. As Roy Keane calls it, heart. You know, heart. Scott Parker has heart. <laughs> that that is Roy Keane's solution yeah. for everything. You ask Roy, why did they lose? Why did any team lose any game? They weren't in it. <laughs> they were just not in it. They didn't look like they wanted to play. <laughs> Roy, why did they win? They wanted it more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Manu, tell me. Uh, Fulham's success to, I mean, or, uh, how how have they managed to be in that like 18th position and sort of distance themselves from West Brom and Sheffield? Is it they're drawing a lot of matches? They are, or in other words, they are losing less matches. I'm I'm just trying. Maybe I'm sounding like Michael Owen, but yeah. So <laughs> no, they're drawing a lot of matches. they are avoid, avoiding losses in a lot of matches so if you see they have like won only four matches sheffield has won three matches so okay so okay so it's not it's not really and the west brom has won two matches but then sheffield oh, has lost a lot of matches and like uh, fulham have drawn way to way to many matches like they have drawn two teams around them which is say brighton west brom They have drawn against uh, the teams in the top half as well. I think that includes Liverpool also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they did. Uh, and since we are talking about Michael Owen, yes, as Michael Owen once very eloquently put, in a football match you can either win, lose, or draw. There's no other fourth <laughs> option, right? So <laughs> if you if you talk to Scott Parker, he is going to say a draw is better than a loss. So as long as I'm drawing enough and somehow save this stupid team, <laughs> I am done. I can probably like <laughs> you know retire <laughs> and be oh, done wow. management. Yeah. So, oh, there's one more name I want to talk about. You know, Brighton guys. What a poor team. Every after every match, I make it a point oh, to go and I go make it a point to go check out their XG, and <laughs> their XG net XG is like crazy. Brighton, and they never seem to. So even if you see teams which are underperforming compared to what their XG is supposed to be, Brighton is one of those teams, and this has been since Graham Potter has taken over. Is this a case of somebody just looking at stats and telling his team, "Just shoot, karo. I need XG. Forget <laughs> 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 scoring goals, guys. <laughs> just like keep shooting. That something will work out." Because they are just one point ahead of Newcastle, and now a lot of Twitter analyst, analysts and pundits like who believe in this all this chicanery called XG statistics. Model. Yeah, yeah. They they are just so scared <laughs> that Brighton is going to get relegated. uh mano do you think that is going to happen or will brighton somehow pull off one or two wins so in the beginning of the season i had thought that brighton indeed would get relegated because i didn't think they had enough quality on the pitch to get a lot of goals which they are still not doing but in the middle phase of the season they had like a really good bunch of results so i think that is really helping them but and i think somehow right now looking at the things i think they'll manage to sail through all right so let's talk a little about manchester united because they played 
like newcastle and everything but what i wanted to talk about is what is this corona outbreak what's going on in the club who is who has corona or who is quarantining what's going on yes you want to take it the support staff had corona like i saw the third goal the third goalkeeper lee grand doing the substitute board yes uh, i saw duties. that duties and it was it was damn funny like <laughs> like essentially everyone says he's supposed to be like the goalkeeping coach or assistant coach or something like that but yeah so and, and we saw nikki but nikki but who's the youth coach coming and uh, being the, the assistant manager ha huh, so, so who was who was yeah, in quarantine was was michael basically Kattin. the support staff yeah it seems like that they they've not disclosed the names aru bhaiya but it must be mckenna and carrick and feelen or feelen maybe just is quarantining because he's old and doesn't want to die Yeah, to Roy Hodgson doesn't quarantine. Like, <laughs> so what are you talking about, Mike Feeler? Mike Feeler. Roy Hodgson is immortal. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah! In this day and age, a manager who who was throw apartheid yeah. can still get a job. <laughs> I think he's immortal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so hard. No one's ever questioned him. Ki sir, do you think black people <laughs> deserve a dignity of life? <laughs> <laughs> no one ever asked him that question just because his crystal palace man they just let him ha ha chalo chalo <laughs> all right uh so before we take a break we should talk about arsenal providing a training ground exercise to manchester city right so even though the scoreline was 1-0 it was like like as you said yes the result was never in doubt i mean this result could have just this should have just given a 1-0 and not even played it was it would have saved a lot of people time Dude, how good! Um, I I I can't even make out. We all know Manchester City are good, but what to make of Arsenal? Like, were they bad, or that was the max they could do? What is going on? What are you even talking about? Did you see Pep's post-match interview? <laughs> Arteta knows everything about football. Yeah. He knows everything. <laughs> so yeah, I I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> given the close relationship that these two Catalan gentlemen have. who does I mean, probably they just thought it's okay you know it it was like a handshake before the game where city says we don't thrash you like six by six seven goals and these guys are like oh we won't try we won't make you run too hard you have a champions league game coming wait up. hold on i was such a press conference friendly one nil I can't even believe that we are moving past the first sentence did pep actually say arteta knows everything about football yes i, I yes. may be paraphrasing a word here and there but he said oh arteta is so smart he knows everything he knows everything about football yo mano is that not a reason enough to fire the opposition <laughs> manager <laughs> oh man that's just arteta who oh, uh, it just reminds me on of uh, testimonials on linkedin yaar <laughs> nothing else or orkut <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but yeah. <laughs> oh, dude! So if Arteta knows everything about football, what does Pep know? Like in comparison, does Pep also know everything, or does he know a little less than Arteta? Yes. Where does that balance lie? <laughs> or do both uh, of them know everything? <laughs> and why? So the Pep- differential here is just the players and money. 
Dude, I tell you, no, these bloody, this, Jose to now is humble because he's like, his career is almost ending with top clubs and everything. But these two bloody buggers, whenever they win, they are exactly like Federer, Nadal and Djokovic, giving such pity fake <laughs> accolades to all the managers. This guy's a good guy. He's my friend and everything. Didn't, wasn't Pep the guy who said, I want to hug Lampard. After Lampard got sacked, ki bhai, tu na Manchester. why are you going and hugging Lampard? <laughs> oh, God. At least that way, Klopp is better. He says what he thinks, which is... At least I don't understand what that is, but whatever. Anyway, uh, we should take a break right now. And after the break, we should talk about the real revolution that's happening in London and why no one is paying attention to it. And I think it will burst this weekend, but whatever. Let's take a break and talk about West Ham after that. Welcome back to Football Twaddle. Yash and Manav with me here. Yash. Is David Moyes and Jesse Lingard the perfect middle, mid-table managed players who are like punching way above their weight? No, if they are in the mid-table, they are not punching above their weight. I think that's pretty much no, their no. level. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously more biased towards Jesse than David Moyes because he's still a United player and he's still our uh, Lingardino. <laughs> I know, but oh, Manav, did you see their cool celebration against Tottenham with Declan Rice beating the drums and Jesse playing? I don't know what are they doing, like what the Pied Piper? Oh, the, Pied Piper yes. the Pied Piper, man, this best time people, you know, teams when they're winning, they just seem so much fun. Like all the players seem so cool. The manager yeah. seems like someone cool <laughs> and <Yes>. everything. <laughs> Yeah, I think and that is contributing a lot to Jesse Lingard's form. I mean, I mean he's going, he's gone to a happy place. He's getting to play games now. If Jesse Lingard was playing currently in West Brom or a Sheffield, he might not have like we, we would not have seen this Jesse Lingard. So yeah, of course that is helping. And Moise is having a good time. I mean, he's he's exactly where he was like I mean eight years ago, already like like this fifth, sixth. Just below the Champions League places. I think he, he's, he's reached his like, where he always deserved to be. Man, it seems so easy. This football analyst and all are just useless. Yes, all you require to do well is go to a club called Slavia Prague and just get two people of the same nationality like a Vladimir Kufal and Thomas Suchek. You are sorted, right? <laughs> you will finish Aram say mid table. You will have a good life. Why? Why do? Why does anyone need all this bloody stupid analysis? <laughs> Just go to an Eastern European club. Get two people of the same country. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, don't everyone wish it was as simple as that? <laughs> but what? I, I, I still think. Uh, I still think Mo- Moyes uh, has infused. Uh, some more, a little more than just a couple of Czech players in his team or Slavian players in his team, whatever that country is. Yeah, he's got Jesse Lingard, the Pied Piper of the whole thing. (laughs) It's all coming together now. And yeah, I mean, not having a striker is also helping Jesse Lingard, right? I mean, Antonio just came back from injury. Before that, that being strikerless. if, If Antonio is fit, 
Antonio is going to start. Yeah, that, yeah. that beast of a human being, Jesse Lingard can play wherever. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio is going to start in that team. Okay, essentially, if you see, Lingard has re- replaced Seb Holler, hasn't he? No, not really. Holler wasn't getting any chances. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lingard hasn't replaced him at all. Okay. And at least West Ham are a professional club, right? Not like Ajax. After buying yeah. the most expensive player in your history, you forget <laughs> to put this name in the <laughs> Europa League competition. Alrighty, guys, uh, moving along. Who has been your player of the week? Yes, starting with you. I, I, I just, I would like to say it's Jesse, dude. Like, just a <laughs> celebration, the fact that he scored. And it's, it's, his journey is pretty inspiring because, you know, this, this is, can you take a guess how many teams he has played for so far? Two? No, this is this is his sixth team. Yeah. Really? Oh. And his fifth loan. So he's played for yeah, he's played for Leicester, Birmingham, and uh, Brighton and Derby before West Ham. All of those are loans. And uh, it it I mean, contrary to his image, it kind of shows what a hardworking player he is. He was a part of the youth team. He uh he went on a four years of, I mean, to four different teams on loan, that which was like almost like a graduation program for him. Before he came and played for United, and it's it's quite unfortunate the uh, the silly opinions that we get to hear just because he has a great social media game and a side hustle apart from football. Yeah, oh man, I didn't know this. I thought he was like Manchester United youth and then suddenly moved to the first team. I didn't know that he had to go through all these teams in blue jerseys to become a red. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm actually quite happy for him. I quite like Jesse Lingard. It's, and... it's, it's sort of a, you know, Saru, it's very, very interesting. It's, it's sort of a dissonance that people generally have with flamboyance and hard work. Because uh, he's a flamboyant chap. If he wasn't like that, probably he wouldn't get the same sort of uh, abuse and dismissal. Uh, and and apart from that, his, uh, I mean, from whatever little communication that I've seen of uh, his uh, his brand, it it doesn't seem crass. It seems very classy, and all his communication seems on point. This was, of course, before uh, uh, before the personal tragedy that he suffered, which sort of you know sort of derailed his career. But now he's back on track, so which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's good on Moyes to actually give him a chance. It seems, and Manav, I don't know, but I I've read reports that you know when Moyes wanted to take Jesse Lingard on loan. Solskjaer personally spoke to Moyes saying that like Lingard has been like quite good on the training ground and it's unfortunate he's not getting the minutes. So he should just take like Lingard in a heartbeat yeah, I mean, type. Yeah, I mean he al- he always had like he always showed promise, uh, especially under Mourinho. I think his second season, as you were mentioning, he always showed promise. I think there was this particular goal which he scored against Middlesbrough. Always like. Strikes me whenever I think of Jesse Lingard. So he always had talent, and yeah, it's always that uh, talent should be at the right club. And I think mid-table West Ham is probably where his talent is best suited for the time. All right. So that is Yesh's player of the week. Mana, who has been your player of the week? Uh, my player of the week. I, I think it will be again from the Man United game itself. So although Daniel James did really well and. Solskjaer talked about, as you were saying, on the training ground, Daniel James has been amazing and all. But I think the man of the match, the man of the match for me from the game was Nemanja Matic. I mean, he was he started a game after a long time, and 
he was in and around the box like i have never seen matic so much involved in the attacking sense of the game just ah, because but, he had fred sitting behind yeah but you're playing newcastle right matic could have just like been played a striker also <laughs> i don't think that <laughs> yeah, but that, 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 that would have, could have happened but yeah but that has never happened so yeah i, I was really sort of he was he played really well he was dribbling he was getting past players i think two sort of assists he gave and it, it was just an amazing match for Man, Madrid. so i think my, he's my player of the week cool my player of the week is going to be from seria and this is the first time we're going to have a manchester united like trio sort of a thing but it is the man i loved the most in manchester united big rom romelu lukaku that guy is tearing seria he is on a mission dude his third goal his assist i don't i i just like i feel so sad when i read like abuses lukaku gets on twitter oh my god what a player and it's just to be seen to be believed what he's doing in seria it's his first that doesn't even matter anymore his first that somehow becomes an assist to like lotaro martinez so it is that good <laughs> yeah so he's my player of the week okay guys we need to start wrapping things up uh, yes what game are you going to be watching over the weekend i'm going to be watching uh... Leicester City versus Arsenal. This seems like a pretty interesting game. Does it? <laughs> Does it seem interesting? I I know now that I know that uh, Arteta <laughs> knows everything about football. <laughs> this this is going to be a real contest, I believe. Of how he tackles a very good Leicester team. <laughs> <laughs> but oh shit! You think Brendan's going to prepare them in like a rugby sort of a game? <laughs> like giving out of syllabus questions. No, he, to he, Brendan, Brendan should just give up, though. He's like, whatever I do, he has already he already knows. <laughs> so what's the point? Let me just you know train them, make 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 them do running drills so that you know they are fit for the game, and yeah. it's just stamina that takes them through. <laughs> but but uh, yes, that will be an interesting take. Leicester defeated City. Hmm. Leicester defeated Guardiola City earlier in the season. I think Vardy got a hat trick or something. But <laughs> now Arteta will take Guardiola's revenge on Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, Pep didn't say. Pep didn't say I know everything about football. He's saying Arteta knows everything, right? So what Pep didn't know, Brendan somehow exploited. <laughs> What's yeah, and that's do? how Arteta will take revenge. <laughs> he doesn't stand a chance, Brendan. But that, that's why maybe. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mano. What is your game of the weekend? Is it going to be two managers who don't seem to know that much and are playing a big game? Yeah, I mean, you can say that. I think it's going to be an interesting battle, Chelsea against United. So. Thomas Tuchel against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think it will be an interesting match. But it, I, I just hope it's not a nil-nil. I like. I'll take any other result, but just not a nil-nil. What do you mean you'll take any other result? Will you take a Man United loss four-one or something? <laughs> Can you please not talk <laughs> like Pep? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It's just that United in these. Games against the top six, top seven clubs this year, they just not turn up. They just like have. We to sit back. We'll take a nil-nil, and I just thought it was in the first half of the season. But even in the second half, it's just getting continued. So I'm just really bored of it. 
But nowadays, I try to be a little more objective and maintain my cool. There was another Premier League manager who has taken it to extremes this week. But you guys will not talk about him. But if I had done the same, you guys will talk about me. So, after giving that entire <laughs> spiel, let's see what Thomas Tuchel say. But the game I am going to look forward to is Sheffield versus Liverpool. Guys, Klopp needs a win. Right? And yeah. I think I think we are finally going to see... Liverpool beat Sheffield and the Saudi owners of Sheffield have already said oh, no no Chris Wilder is going to remain our manager I didn't even know Saudi guys own Sheffield so so Chris so Wilder is some random Saudi guy ah, I think he's some the 105th royal or something <laughs> like he, he had to quarantine <laughs> dude he had to quarantine imagine what a bad royal is <laughs> when he flew to tell Chris Wilder <laughs> Yeah, so Sheffield versus Liverpool. I think this this is a match Liverpool is going to win and to end their bad streak of five losses or whatever. And that's going to go through. Anyway, through these testing times of my very bad internet, you guys have persevered. So, thanks a lot. Yash, as always. Anytime. And Manav, thanks a lot. Let's hope United versus Chelsea doesn't get into a boring nil-nil and Chelsea go ahead and just thrash United because that's the result you wanted. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think fake booze, yes, is where we are aiming our podcast to be. <laughs> there are enough people who would do this. <laughs> Alrighty, take care guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.